Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 709. Uh, let's go to the Nerds Community Court Board, shall we? First of all, well, I guess I'm in the Nerds Community Court Board. Uh, I am performing in Florida, Orlando, and Tampa on the 7th and 8th of August. And then the following week in uh, Sacramento and San Jose. So go to funcomfortabletour.com to get tickets and info for that business. And uh, also from you, the listening audience, Adam Poole writes, We're hosting a one-day independent comics festival on Sunday, August 2nd in Portland, Oregon. It's called Artist Alley Comics Fest and can be found at artistalleyfest.com. We have over 50 artists exhibiting and admission is free. And the Nerd School Level 1 Sketch Clap is open for registration. Whether you've always envisioned hilarious scenarios but never written them down, or maybe you just have experience writing comedy and you want a refresher course, uh, our instructor will give you the tools to turn your ideas into amazing sketches, and then you can go make your thing. That's the thing I'm bitching at you all the time about. Then you could just go do it. I mean, it's not like you, you don't need us, but it, you could just go make your thing, but... Uh, we can help give you more tools to maybe better hone your skills in a, in a faster way. But uh, if you want to sign up for that, go to NerdistSchool.com. Make your thing, goddammit. Maybe that should be our just on our poster. Nerdist School, make your thing, goddammit. You know, UCBS don't think. We can just be make your thing, goddammit. This episode of the podcast is Will Wheaton. Ah, one of my oldest and dearest friends in the world. Yeah, we have a very public and private bromance. It's not like the private bromance has areas that we wouldn't talk about publicly. It's just not everything we do is recorded and put out into the world. Ugh, sure wish it were, though. I love that guy so much. He's one of my favorite people in the world. And really kind of one of the crew. He's really part of the... He's sort of the... He's always there in spirit. You know, Jonah, Matt, Katie, Kyle, Will. Like, he's, he is part... This is almost a hostful, to be honest with you. This is all... I, I kind of consider it a hostful. He's promoting Tabletop uh, from Geek and & Sundry and his podcast, Radio Free Burrito. Also, he's at Gen Con this weekend and has a panel this Saturday for Titan's Grave. Uh, so check him out and all of his various uh, artistic expressions and panels and signings and whatnot. Whatnot, Will Wheaton. Here is the Nerdist Podcast number 709... With Will Wheaton! I don't even know what number of time it is that he's been on, but it doesn't matter, because it ain't gonna stop. Katie, roll it! Now entering Nerdist.com
Yeah, so I found that out on the way in. The uh, um, the security guy was like, so uh, I bet I know what you're here for. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, RuPaul? No, uh, Nerdist. Oh, well, you're wearing the shirt. And I told Jonah that I had that, that like, recovering punk rocker, horrible nightmare awfulness of, oh my god, I'm wearing the band's t-shirt to the concert. <laughs> and as I'm, wa- as I'm walking across the lot to get here, I'm like, they're all judging me. No. Everyone's well, you better judging work me. Cover girl. Well, that's the thing is, I can't not Turn work. I can't not Turn work. Turn the right. That's as far as I go. Sashay. Sashay. Shantae. Oh, Shantae. Yeah. I'm, we're trying to get a um, drag race panel for at midnight. That would be insane. I know. I know. Let's try to get RuPaul. So you get RuPaul, Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> uh, and and uh, um, uh, uh, Felicity Huffman. I mean, yeah. that that would be an incredible <laughs> thing. But I, I will be more than happy to have... Uh, like the people from the, the shows. Yeah, yeah. Panel. That would be really Very funny. So. Working on it. Oh, and the ghost of Jonathan Winters. Winters. Yep. Oh. Yeah. We could That's just, tasteful. We could just have a... <laughs> We just have the ghost of Jonathan Winters drive on as Ma Frickett. <laughs> what are you doing here? Have we, have we met before, perhaps in a slightly, with a moderately different voice and a different hat on? <laughs> I don't know. I'm now I'm sure. this person. The many varied character of Jonathan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? The man's a comedy legend. How fucking dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Sir, how dare you? How dare you? How dare I? Oh, that uh, the Urock video is really funny. It's great. It's uh, I, I feel bad because when I Will, Will was uh, recording a recording a thing for uh, you know one of his many social causes that he takes up. Because... I'm a social justice warrior. You might not know that about me. <laughs> I am a self-hating white man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone talks about white privilege. They don't talk about the weight of white guilt. Am I right, guys? Yeah, so, really. I'm fat with it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm more of a social justice ensign. Are you really? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you come to my social justice academy, uh, I can probably train you through the various levels. The first thing is you accept that women are people. Yep. Then slow uh, down, hippie. Hang on, hey, hang on. and and then <laughs> hippie is the most accepting of. <laughs> uh, and uh, then then you realize that uh, video games are not the most important thing in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, that probably just sort of like you know being in favor of equality for people is is a is a good idea. Yeah. Um, it is a fourteen month process. <laughs> It takes 14 months to yeah, get through it? Yeah, just to get through those two steps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Most of the steps are denial. Yeah. 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 Nah. Well, also, nah. Nah. It's, okay. Nah. It's, a, it's also helping people get through that. It's also like helping people get nah. through high, uh, junior nah. high school graduation. Nah, nah, yeah, that's nah, right. yeah. nah. Okay. There should be a rule. There should be like a driver's license situation for internet commenting where it's like you can't, you can't do it until you're 21. I think that should be a law. You need a license to hunt. You need a license. Hell, you need a license to drive. You need a license to fish. But they'll let any ass reaming dirtbag be a dad. Yeah, but, yeah but, you, but you know what they never quote is the best scene in all of Parenthood, which is where he crashes the car because he's getting a blowjob. Right. Oh, I a thought you were going to say, did I win? 
<laughs> when he gets pulled out of the well, wreck. I mean, it's basically the same moment. <laughs> and he's like, and he's super, like, he's he's just super easygoing and his wife's crying. He's like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, as far, it's like, you know, it's it's in that pantheon of uh, blowjob car wrecks. Uh, one of the, on the the sadder scale. Isn't that a David Lynch movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crash. Uh, no, no, no. That was uh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg. I'm but sorry. I was talking about uh, yeah. uh, Garp. Oh, yes. the car the car. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Ooh, oh, boy. Yeah. 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 Wow, that is... I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. That is tough. Will Wheaton Social Justice Academy. That's right. We How keep... would you like to be more accepting of those around you? <laughs> I know it sounds rough, but do it! And uh, are, are you uh, accepting applications? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How much? It's, it's got to be a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been, I've been, but but before we get distracted, we did this thing for Project You Are Okay, which is actually a really neat thing. Um, it's a, a video for uh, – I recorded a video about uh, just talking about depression and anxiety and um, – uh, Jenny Jaffe started it, and the whole idea is to create these videos of of people who like kind of deal with the weird brain shit that people like me and and uh, Mara Wilson and and a bunch of our friends deal with, and then we make videos about it, just talking about it. And the thing that I wanted to talk about was like, it's not the end of the world to have these weird mental health things, and like we shouldn't be ashamed of them, we shouldn't be embarrassed about them, we should really just be like talking about it and and knowing that we're not alone that was like the whole thesis of my thing so i'm recording it upstairs at the studio and as i pulled into park i saw that chris's have you seen chris's really have you Don't, seen his rich it's guy not car important have you seen his expensive it's rich not guy car important it's just a car. have you seen it it's i mean just, it's not important it's, it's just a car it's i mean it's more than just a car it's i mean not. it's really when chris's car was parked in front of my house i felt compelled to go set up cones around it so <laughs> no one would go there i tried to and get, I him to get to, a leaf and, uh, yeah, and then uh, the Nissan people tweeted at me saying, uh, "Yes, Chris should get a leaf." I was like, "I'm the one who told it. You should give me a leaf." Yeah, that's how. <laughs> and then it they works. sent me a, a tiny miniature toy version of a leaf, Aww. saying, "We're sorry, we're only the social media people. But this is all we what can." What kind get. of mileage does it get? It gets as, as much emissions as the, as the regular yeah. leaf. Yeah, so it's like, like blower, yo. Like yeah, dog, <laughs> yo, yeah. Nah, this nah, guy's the nah. king. Yeah, uh, yeah, real expensive so, car. Yeah, so uh, we all, I saw. We all have that. that, that, that these, these, these mental issues that you speak of. If anyone's listening to this podcast, they probably have those. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm leaving for Gen Con tomorrow, and my anxiety is just like, hey, what's going on? Let's have some talks about some stuff. <laughs> Mister. Oh, you, then you should go to Gen X Con. If that's the case. <laughs> Going to the Gen X Con just has like 30 doors, and it's everybody standing outside, and they can't decide which one to go through. <laughs> <laughs> and in Wood by Allison I'm Chains a, is playing over. I'm, and over on, I'm, on the, uh, I'm on the optional paralysis track for Gen X Con. <laughs> just can't decide which one to go through. Uh, uh, so I went there to record the video, and I saw um, Chris's really lovely luxury automobile in the nice in car. the parking lot. It's a nice car. And, uh, and so I was like, I need to see Chris before I leave. And so I told everyone at Nerdist, because Nerdist and Geek and Sundry, you know, we share offices. Yeah. We're, we're, we love each other. Like we're pop. And smart girls at the park. Yeah. We're, yeah, and smart girls. We're, we're, we're cohabitants. Uh, we're, I haven't officially met anyone from smart girls yet. So when I walk past smart girls on my way to Geek and Sundry, it's always that weird kind of like, Half odd smile thing that you do that I don't kind know what of to like, say. you know yeah. that like I want to know you but I don't want to introduce myself because that's weird. Yeah, hi, yeah. Is Amy <laughs> in there. Yeah, I want to say hi right. to Amy too. Uh, and anyway, so Chris came up while we were recording 
and I'm in the middle of this like really intense thing, and Chris shows up, and it's basically just like, well, it's time for a bunch of fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I brought this Star Wars cereal. It was great, but I watched it. Someone I didn't. Sent me Star Wars. So they they sent, sent me Star, Star Wars. Wars cereal too. Packaged, like yeah, yeah. sealed. Yeah, Are yeah. You gonna eat it? I. <laughs> that was the. <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> and which one do you eat? One box has Yoda, the other has Darth. Like, do oh, you keep right? the dark side? Man, what happens if you mix them together? No, oh, yeah. man. Dark side wins. Yeah, but midichlorians have yeah. a lot of calories. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw it, so I put it on. I put it. I put it. I put it on Twitter because we were talking about what do we do. And Seth Green was like, "You guys, you eat the cereal, then you put some foam in it to refill the package, and you seal it up in plastic and put it on a shelf. You're all oh, set." Wow. And I'm like, "Well, if anyone knows, it's Seth. He's I mean, probably done that. If the guy, the guy who has the best collection of, of everything, of every action, yeah, everything. Like, have I you been to his game room with the action figures in it? No, but I've heard." So he has a game for with action figures in it, right? And it's like everything. It's G.I. Joe and Star Wars and Mask and He-Man. Like, it's everything, right? Um, but what he did was he put little magnets on their feet mm-hmm. and then put them all on these metal shelves so you can stand them up without the foot pegs. They're just oh, magnetically wow. he also, attached he also there. Mods, he also mods action figures, so he'll just – he just makes – I mean, it's but, – but like, So he puts them in, like, like, like no, diorama style? Like or? He makes – like he'll, he'll oh, mod things together. Oh, I thought you meant he put them on scooters and races them around Leeds. Yeah, that's me. Put them on Vespas. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, that was a deep pull. That was a deep pull. Absolute beginners. Eleven yeah. people in the audience are like, that was, uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't three layers. That was four layers yeah. of quadrophenia. <laughs> 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 so, he, uh, so he does that and uh he the, the man the man knows his stuff like he really knows yeah. his stuff. like robot chicken is the perfect show for that guy oh yeah of course so much an expression of everything that he's that he's into if yeah. you ever get to go to stupid buddy and go upstairs to where they keep all the stuff that they've used they save everything it's basically like every dumb thing we did as kids playing with action figures can be recreated up there like it's so nice. freaking amazing it's well, so great they don't use actual uh action figures right they like they remake because they have to be able they to, remake like, them and then they put this like uh they put this really heavy gauge wire in them so they move around we shot a thing over there for a will wheaton project and seth took us through the whole thing like through where they make their molds shit. and then how they build them together and then the ones that they use and he's showing us because they have to be able to move in these teeny little increments and then hold that pose <laughs> for like weeks or months depending on the complexity of what they're shooting oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was like walking us through the whole thing um, it's, re- it's really great that's maddening it's really really cool stop motion I can't imagine how maddening that must be for people well uh, I was watching the um, every once in a while I go watch that that Muto video where the guy basically animates on the oh, side yeah, of the yeah. buildings and so yeah these, God, you know, it's so good paint rollers yeah. and so he'll like he'll white out a building and then and then draw a figure and like paint a figure like it with a massive and then white out that and then draw the next frame yeah. and white out that but it's not just on a frame. building it's down the side down of the building side, and on a sidewalk the camera moves are the most wall. like crazy part about yeah, that video that's amazing is that cuz clearly days are going by and they still like yeah. Have the same fucking frame. Just go back and still I, think I don't know that song. Muto. Yeah. Muto. Muto. Dirty Muto. Dirty Muto. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, where, which is also a sex move that's still illegal in South Carolina. You're it's not supposed to do it. They're on the books. They won't arrest you for it, but technically they can. Yeah, that's yeah, right. But that's I think true. they're they're, yeah. com- they're coming around now. Yeah, first the flag thing. coming around <laughs> is how you finish the dirty motel. <laughs> <laughs> So, you stop motion to animate uh, uh, writing your name across the wall with your own jizz under a black light. That, it takes uh, a long time, though. It takes a long time. Because, yeah. you know, you only yeah, Sting is the only person in the world who can actually do it. That's why he got yeah. that nickname. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that's actually not true. He got a nickname because he used to dress up like a bee when he was a kid. That's what I heard. He, well, he wore like a, He wore the, striped, the yellow striped sweater. Like a bee. Yeah, so everyone called him Sting. Like a bee. But I don't think it was when he was a kid. I think it was just when he was in bands. That's just what he wore. Like a bee. So wait. So was he in the Bugaloos? Mm-hmm. He was in the Bugaloos. Sting was, was in the Bugaloos. Uh, he, he, was, was, he was Billy Barty in the Bugaloos? He was Billy Barty, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, he uh, uh, became a bee. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. And uh, Did you the... punch the wall or something? What? No. Do you, I have the dumbest blister on my knuckle for the stupidest reason. It's not how you jerk off, Chris. No, you're doing it wrong. No, you're doing it wrong. Are you sure? No. I've mastered the dirty muto. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I jerk off one frame at a time. (laughs) Uh, On buildings. Yeah, Um, of course you do. But it's, I I had a brand new pair of jeans and they were very stiff. I thought, yes, I swear to God, I thought it was a, had a brand new pair of driving gloves. I thought it was going to be gloves. I totally thought it was going to be gloves. The way you held up your it's hands, not about I the thought car, for sure it was going to be gloves. Just like, because it's like, I was like thinking, what else could a pair for your hands be? And you know how hard that is, because to get the skin off the gray whale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I know. It's really It's only good if they do it while it's still alive. If they don't yeah. get it in the right spot, you got to throw out the whale. you got to throw out the whale. Just put it on a beach. It'll explode. They blow up on themselves. Yeah. Someday we're going to figure out how to make more than one pair of gloves out of a whale, and that's going to revolutionize yeah. the industry. No. All right, future man. Yeah. <laughs> then the commoners will be wearing whale gloves. Who wants that? <laughs> oh, that's What's true. The point? <laughs> we must continue suppressing the research. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as long as I have that in my eagle yoga pants. Yeah. Um, but these, uh, but these jeans were really st- the pockets were really stiff. And yeah. so every time I would reach into my pocket, it would it would scrape my knuckle a yeah. little bit. And then finally, by the end of the night, it just wore the skin. That off. Rod Denham friend. That, that Rod, that Rod Denham. That's right. That's more of that. Did uh, Did you know that they actually make jeans now that are soft? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He modeled them in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Montreal this weekend for the Just for Last Festival. So I had some oh, I jeans saw. for my television set. Do you do that too? I like I'll get an outfit. I'll I'll go and get a new outfit for a, a TV appearance and I love it. Yeah. I used to feel like I could only wear something once if I wore it on TV and then I realized that that was like wasteful and also I never wanted to like burn a great shirt on TV because then I couldn't wear it all the time and I just embraced that I have like 13 shirts and I just wear them over and over and over again and then I was kind of okay with it I uh, throw I wear jeans once and I throw them into the whale Really? <laughs> yeah, from into how, the whale. How does, does is whale grist like a like I mean ambergris like a really good like is it is it because does it clean it because I use it mostly as a fabric softener. No, it's uh, it's uh, you can get into a tough spot, but it's uh, but you can uh, baleen out of it. Oh, <laughs> oh, <no>. Bravo! <laughs> well, we've breached the puns. Jonas, nah, nah. Really, nobody. Nah. 
Nobody? Breach no one in this room. Not a single yes, person. Breach. We it's fuck a whale. It's a whale all of you. Fun. Fuck you all. <laughs> you're going to kill Kyle with that pun. Good. Are you happy, Will? You're going to kill Kyle with Good, that pun. Good, I'm glad. Pun's kill. Yeah. Getting, getting acknowledgement for that pun had become my white whale, and I was Ooh. concerned oh, that wasn't going to happen. Oh, you're yeah. such a Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness is a warm pun. <laughs> oh. Squid and the whale. <laughs> 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 just get um, just black, 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 blackfish, blackfish, blackfish. One fish, blackfish, blackfish. Juice. That's like that was the the sketch I was in in uh, Key and Peele, which was like it was like Jordan was playing this like really irritating guy that was like the funniest guy. Was he in talking college. about how he was on Key and Peele? Uh, no, 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 no. But it, uh, it's it's in context. <laughs> Tell me about your jag. <laughs> I don't bring up. Car. Oh, you're right. You sorry. guys bring it I'm up. I'm sorry. Tell me about Hearst Castle. Okay. It was so <laughs> amazing. Did you, drive, did you drive the Jag to Hearst Castle? No. Uh, no, he's I didn't. The, he so, did. He just he rented to the a Bentley. Gate and they were like, what is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We only allow actual Jaguars yeah. on the property. So I went this on thing, an actual Does this vehicle still have wheels? <laughs> Are they whale wheels? Is there a whale wheel in your wheel well? <laughs> it's uh, not in my whale house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, you can come in. Stop blubbering. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah her wow, the whole Jonah great. and the whale thing has been sitting here all hey! Yeah, you're right. Pinocchio. <laughs> all right, you were on Campio. Oh yeah, yeah, but that was like the 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 bit was that uh, it was the Jordan was like the funniest guy in college and like but like he was just struggling so hard to still be funny and it was so hard because like Keegan and everybody kept on laughing because he was just we were watching like the Golden Globes and he was like oh, I hope there's uh, chips and dip of the nip slip uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then like they're like he should just leave he's like, and like uh, he was like oh well oh that's the closet uh, I better not come out of it. Like, and like it just the struggle and it was so hard because it was everything was so unfunny but yeah. it made everybody laugh like even like once the camera guy laughed and ruined a take like no one could hold it together the entire time I'm so I, I'm I'm happy for them that they will go on and do bigger things but I'm sad that the shows that their shows ending. one of the best sketch comedy shows of the past 15 years probably ever I I, I, I would definitely put it in the pantheon of like I would put it up with Kids in the Hall, like some of the greatest, yeah, the greatest uh, sketch shows. Uh, fucking Mitchell and Webb is up there. Mitchell yeah, Webb. Mr. Show. I put The State there. State, yep. State's up there. Uh, Blue Collar Comedy, I'm sure you yeah. guys probably all. Mind of Mencia. I really disagree with that. Oh, okay. I am going to strongly, <laughs> in, in the strongest terms, disagree He's with that. He's more of a... Dunham well, I guess fan. You, I guess you might not be a redneck, man. <laughs> probably. I'm, pro- I'm probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if that's like the guy not getting the joke of Jeff Fox, we're like, you might be a redneck. I guess I. I guess probably, I'm not a redneck. I'm not a redneck. <sighs> I guess I still yet. You said I was going to relate to this comedy, Jolene. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay a hundred dollars to see me tell these jokes, you might be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just feel like rednecks are such an oppressed minority. I just feel like his jokes are like really, they're just not funny. Like they're at the excuse, uh, expense of an entire group of uh, You know people. what? That is true. Yeah. He's just totally taking out he's an totally entire. Make, he's making fun of white people who never get made fun of. And I mean, who always get made fun of. 
I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, carrying the social justice flag is very difficult because... It, it's heavy. I wear mine like a cape. They've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. made of dicks. It's a cape. Everyone's, uh, you know, everyone's sensitive about something. And so where, you know, when is it okay to, to talk about that stuff? And when is it not okay to, to go after stuff? Well, when people make fun of, like... Rednecks or white trash or something like that. They're essentially just making fun of poor people, and that's yeah. always like it's like it's like look at that, look at that. They gotta go to Walmart, and everyone's like, "You're just making fun of poor people." What's there wrong was a, with you? There was a great Onion headline that said it was something. I'm, I'm going to mangle it, but you'll get the the sense of it. It was um, uh, Target shoppers making fun of Walmart shoppers, uh, making fun of. Like Lowe's, a Fred Meyer shopping. Ah, I mean, ah. it was just sort of like like you're all basically shopping at the same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Cracked did a thing says, about says the uh, guy who did a bunch of redneck jokes in his early stand up. That was me. Were they redneck jokes? Though? Yeah, I did. I did because I went on the road and I had to abandon all of the stuff that I had been doing because all the comedy that I had been doing was in Los Angeles. That's right. And a lot of those jokes uh, weren't flying on the road. <laughs> and, um, I grew up in the South, so I did a lot of uh, yeah. Cracker Barrel. There's too. a Cracker there's, Barrel there's, stuff. That there's I'm a Dallas Rains joke in uh, in the last episode of Titans Grave. And, really? And, yeah. And I was watching. Uh, so I was watching an edit of it yesterday. And and somebody, I think Yuri Lowenthal says something about Dallas Reigns, and Yuri and Allison and I just crack up because we've lived here for a really long time. And Hank and Laura are like, "What?" And I say out loud in the editing room, "Local reference," <laughs> <laughs> because in the Project You Are Okay video, we made some local joke, and Chris is like, "Local references get you local work." That's Blaine. That's Blaine. The first time I ever that was that was Blaine Capatch was hosting M Bar, and he was making jokes about. Uh, I feel like he was making jokes about keys on Van Nuys or something like yeah. that. I think that's the joke we made on. That's the joke oh no, we I'm made sorry. We made the we made, the, made, we made that a New York joke. His was about his was about um, Vons. His yeah. was about Vons. Vons becoming Johns. What's up with that? Well, he he. What's yeah, the he, deal oh, with Vons becoming Johns? He has a whole. No, no, he, they didn't become Johns. No, no, they're it's different. Companies. They're different. It's just the people just had thought, a great bit about that. Really? It's, yeah. Wait, hang on. I have lived my entire life thinking that a supermarket chain bought Vaughn's markets that had been like decommissioned or whatever. <laughs> I don't think they closed markets. It's a very complicated story and that then, you've and, uh, and and then and then just changed the J to a V because they could save money on the letters. Yeah, that's not that's not. I'm, I'm being 100 serious. I've lived I, my I, entire I, life. I just assumed it was a guy named John who was like. It's close enough to Vons that people yeah. will come in. Well, have you ever been? It's basically like, a V. There's a lot of like like Russian like uh, food and uh, and and Thai food at uh, John's. So at John's, it's it's very it's very a lot of ethnic food. You so can it's find like there. What, what's called like Lucky Thirty Eight or something like that. Is a there's markets in the San Gabriel Valley that are lots of like really awesome Chinese food, like real Chinese food. Yeah, like HK like Market in yeah. Koreatown. Yeah, you same know, thing. Yeah, stuff like that. Well, I've never been into a John's. Um, but uh, it looks delightful. Yes. You wouldn't want to park. Say, you would not want to park your Jaguar. Why in are you doing that? Parking lot. Do you know how much fucking still people jokingly go? Uh, this question is for Chris Hardwick, King of the Nerds. God damn it! And then there's almost like a. And then there's almost like a Heavy is the head that wears the crown, Chris. I don't uh, wear the crown. You, um, you're wearing the crown he has right it, now. He has it in a case on a shelf. <laughs> no, it's mint, it's Will. Looking at it, it's and it's, wearing. It's, it's basically the call sign of the Wheaton sympathist. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
That's when I know. Excuse me, sir. We are partisans. Call sign. Soft G. Jim, soft G. And I'm like, fuck you guys. They, 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 might, they might as well just go, Will That's sent right. Me. You're the kinch yeah. of the nerds. Yeah. I'm not the kinch yeah. of the nerds. Someday some kid's going to come up to you and go, long live the real King Will Wheaton. You're the stab you with a lightsaber toy. <laughs> oh, you're, uh, the 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 you're the general of the jinks. You're the general of the jinks. The Wheatons send their regards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm sad. No, but it's uh, it is it is it is sort of a fun kind of a public. And every time it happens, I'm like, God damn it! Someone, someone, someone. There, there was something that was on the front page of Reddit the other day where it was like uh, the joke was switching soft. It was switching G's and and, and J's. Yeah. And uh, and I just I sort of commented like, oh wait, I remember that I saw that I have you as a friend on Reddit. So when I look yeah. at my friends' comments and I see what you've commented on, yeah. what was the whole thing? And I'm like, uh, it was it was about the whole gift gif thing oh, yeah, and how yeah, yeah. Chris is wrong. Yeah, it was not about were, that at it's all. It's exactly actually, what it was, it was about. And uh, and Chris just commented that we did like 20 minutes on that. Yeah, the last, <laughs> the the last time, time I was here, we just went on a, we went on a round of flipping oh, nice. jays. Oh, it was fun. really funny. And, uh, and, but it was like, I don't know, like a, a while ago. It was cold enough that Myra was wearing torso shorts. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, the last time it was cold in Los Angeles, what was that, the 90s? It was uh, in the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, it was in the 1990s. What was torso shorts was a vest? Is it that was what his we came vest. Yeah. yeah, he was wearing a vest. Because before you got in the room, Myra was like, "My arms are cold. I'm like you're wearing a vest, stupid. Torso <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> shorts are pointless." Yeah, mm. yep. <laughs> and then you, I don't know, it was you or Myra. Somebody started a hashtag called Torso Shorts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it must have been around the same time as like Walrus. Yes, that. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it, was, it yeah. was really funny. Did you have fun at Comic Con? I had more fun than I thought I would have at Comic-Con. I was really overwhelmed about going there. I was really nervous about being, like, pinned down by people or, like, trapped in crowds and stuff like that. Uh, and I had all kinds of anxiety about performing at Wootstock. Um, You've done a million uh, at Wootstocks. What do you, what do you yeah, about? I know, but I didn't have any new material. Did you, I did do, not, did you, did I you didn't, do something new or did you do something old? I did something new. I told – I just – I basically did a monologue. Did you record it? It was recorded. I didn't record it. But it was recorded by people. Yeah. But, I mean, I could listen to it back if I wanted to. Uh, but I basically did a monologue about <laughs> – did a monologue about poop. Um, and, you sounded so and ashamed I, of yourself. Well, I mean, I am, but it was <laughs> – What would you do at school today, boy? I did a monologue <laughs> about <laughs> poop. Um, and by monologue, but, I mean I shit from the class. <laughs> but, uh, but it was – Almost 30 straight minutes, and it killed. Nice. I mean, it legitimately killed. And it was basically just like, remember when I asked you to help me write jokes, and we were like trying to figure out like what kind of jokes I do? And I was like, I'm just not good at like quick one-line things. And I think you told me like that's just not my style. Like the style is like tell a, tell a longer story yeah. that has jokes in it. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And I knew where the funny parts were in this thing, but I hadn't worked it out. I hadn't written it down or anything. I just... Up until literally minutes before I went on stage, I didn't know what I was going to do. But sometimes that's, that's – I mean <clears throat> sometimes that can work in your favor because if you – because when you're in the moment, uh, your brain will automatically filter out all the yeah. all the chaff and then yeah. just get right to the – because you're basically – the audience is – can be a gun pointed at your head. Yeah. And so you're just sort of like tap dancing and you don't it's, have time to <clears throat> judge what you're saying. And then sometimes it comes out – 
as economically as possible as opposed to if you sit down and it gets yeah. really wordy and then you write the it instinct like it's a, pops in like yeah. it's a, like because when you sit down to write you tend to, I tend to write more like it's an essay me too and um uh by that I mean a gang member uh and uh what no what <laughs> no no, I just meant very economical and efficient. No, I don't. That's what not, you talking about? That's not. Don't how, you know I'm loco? That's all I can quote from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, there was a lot of that stuff. Sample in that era of music. There was a lot of like, like the high pitch kind of like. What was that like? Uh, that one, like, uh, it makes two to make a thing go right. But there was, that uh, was uh, DJ. Uh, no, that, that was, was Rob Bass and, and DJ and, Easy and, Rock. Yes. But, like, that was in a lot of stuff. The, ah, whoo, ah, whoo. Jonah. That, you know what? That Be actually, real. that, that, that proceeds. Yes, I got it. Because he was in the band. <laughs> he was in the band. <laughs> Why am I doing Pete Holmes now? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, um, uh, that Rob Bass song actually predates the <laughs> movement by a lot. several years. Ten years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, but, that was, but that's been used a lot, is what I mean. Yes, it has been used a lot. I don't want to rock right now. I'm Rob Bates and I came to get down. I'm not international and no, but I'm known to rock the microphone because I get stupid. I mean, outrageous. i do the rap if you can't date it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm You're in a clipping the highs off of your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of your songs. Yeah, weird. turn down the gate, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Audio engineering jokes. Audio engineering jokes. Audio engineering jokes. That's, that's what I would. They're pick. all full of EQ. That's what, I, that's what I would pitch to the. That's what I pitch to the basketball team. The Clippers is that someone just comes out yeah. and makes clip every other yeah. like all of their. It's just an <clears throat> unspoken joke. Yeah. And the, hey. And then, like, just at halftime, instead of cheerleaders, it's people in little tiny cars just bumping into the corners. <laughs> just like that's all they there. do. Yeah, and then other people just like uh, take trimming their nails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any other words? Words. Ships. Ships. Words. Ships. 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 Uh, whaling. 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 Ships. The whaler. BK's whaler. Well, welcome to free association. <laughs> um, you can get in without paying. You know, it's funny that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was. Everyone I was just, knows it's was, free Wendy. <laughs> I was just. I was. That just was doing, the association. The yes. the association. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know what's was, fun is you guys weren't here yesterday, but Ed Helms was on yesterday, and I pitched this game to him where, and I'll, uh, you'll hear it twice in a week. I'm sorry, but. Uh, uh, it's just because the, the whole premise behind UCB comedy is like when you're improvising, don't think. Mm-hmm. But I pitched a, a type of an improv sh- show called Do Think, where you have to explain how you got everything. From oh, Jesus. See, this is, is this? funny because. Yeah, exactly. 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 Because <laughs> what's better than watching jokes get explained? Uh, um, but uh, your Wootstock, so you were talking to stress about Wootstock. Yeah. And, but, but you, you made a really good, that's a really good point about like, I th- and I think it's a really good point for just for performing in general, right? Like there's those great moments that you don't script, that you don't think of, and you're just like, this would be funny, and you say it. And, you know, I think if, if you have – I have, do not have close to the experience you guys have doing comedy. But, <laughs> but that, um, uh, you know, sort of like for me, 
knowing, all right, I can get back to this thing if I have to. I know this is a piece that works and I can just, and it's the, it's very much like creative writing for me. Like I know these beats have to happen and it's what comes in between that's really fun and surprising and, and, and is where like all, that's where like all the, like all the work is building the tent poles and the fun is like connecting them together. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think the, the, the problem for a lot of young performers is that they have this idea in their head of, you know, comedy is dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So when you were saying, uh, oh, well, I don't do short, it's like, well, that's not, that's your idea of what you think comedy, is, but that's not what it, it is, however you express your ideas. Like, yeah. you you don't have the perspective on yourself to understand that, oh, I'm naturally funny and I'm going to, just the way that I present ideas will come out a certain way because it doesn't feel like you're doing anything when you're doing that. Right. And so you think, well, comedy is doing X, but it's actually just being yourself. I got a lot, I got a lot of, of inspiration and validation and was able to give myself like a little bit of permission watching Aziz Ansari perform. Mm -hmm. Uh, the one that he did at, at the, the show that he did at Madison square garden. That's a great special. It's so funny. And it's not, I mean, it's, if you were to break it down to like how many like jokes are in this, it's like, four kind of like themes you know yeah sort of and i love the way he them. directed it too with like the backgrounds changing yeah, like every time really he enters funny. a new theme about something the background <clears throat> the whole set changes. i mean what's fun what a really fun way to see comedy is base is you know who the performer is your rootstock audience knew you you know aziz and so you're basically going to watch someone who is like your buddy yeah and you already understand a lot of context about who they are and what they're about and so then it just gets all the other stuff out of the way. It's different than going to a club where you may not know the comic or the comic doesn't know the audience and they have to – that just happened to me in Montreal. Is I, I did a practice set for my TV set and the practice set didn't go well. Like to the to point where I was like, oh, fuck. And I had the same thing that that you go through your entire career. You're like, maybe it's not good. Maybe I shouldn't maybe, be doing this. Maybe I actually do suck. And then I realized. Uh, and then I realized. Oh, um, I'm used to doing hour long sets. I didn't know how to take a handful of things out of context and put it into a ten minute chunk. And also, the audience didn't. This practice audience didn't know me, and I came in with jokes that. It's it, I've been spoiled because audiences know me when yeah. I go on stage. So it was a wonderful reminder of like, no, no, you got to focus and, you know, like don't use the audience knowing you as a safety net. And so I had to I had to readjust for the actual taping, which went great. But it was uh, so you did 10 minutes at Montreal. I did 10 the, in Montreal TV? and then I did an hour long <clears throat> show. Yeah, I did a 10 minute um, set with a gala that uh, Ellie Kemper hosted. And it was um I love her so much. It was unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt is such a good show. Ellie was great. There's a lot about that show that I really don't like, and she is so phenomenal in it that I stayed through all the way to the end. Yeah. Even when I was like, this show is really bailed on the promise of the premise. It's a cartoon. That that I was like, oh my god, I she could do. I can't. She could do anything. She was really funny. Yeah. She opened and closed the musical number. She hosted the gala, and um, they usually well, you know, they'll have a celebrity host a gala show in Montreal, and they'll have a bunch of comics, and so it was like. Neil Patrick Harris hosted a gala, and Ellie hosted a gala, and a few other people. And so, my gala was um, it was uh, me and um, uh, Thomas Middleditch, Pete Holmes, Margaret Cho, Wyatt Senek, Michael Che. Holy shit! Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting anyone, but it was it was a pretty insane. It was a pretty incredible lineup of people. I um, uh, this is my Wyatt Senek story. Um, I uh, I was at um, 
after uh, after we did a show during um, SF Sketchfest, um, Adam Savage had a little party at his workshop place, and um, I don't like to go to parties because I always I never know anybody and I always feel super weird. Um, and uh, but I know Adam really 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 well and I love his workshop space, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the party. So we go to the party, and uh, um, I'm like, I'm starving, right? But they had like. Uh, they had like banh mi sandwiches there. So I was like, yes, bring them all to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there eating just – I'm just like – I'm just – I'm eating like a caricature, right? I'm like, I wash myself with a rag <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> just going I know that cra- I'm just going crazy, right? And I look over and there's fucking Wyatt Senek like sitting down and I'm like, I, I love him. I mean, he is his comedy just kills me, and he's yeah, on the Daily right. Show. He's flawless, and I'm just like, I gotta go. So I'm like trying to psych myself up, and then I see that he's looking at me. I'm like, oh fuck! He just saw me staring at him, and he thinks I'm just some fucking weird guy, and 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 I've and I've, I've ruined it. And then I'm like, well, I guess I have to go in now. You know, mm-hmm. like I wasn't ready, but I just got to go. So I walk over, and and I put out my hand, and I said, I'm really sorry to to bother you, but I just want to introduce myself. Um, I, my name's Will, and I'm just a huge fan of your, your work, and I wanted to say thank you for that. And he stands up, and he's much taller than me, like most people are. And, uh, and he says, thanks, man. I'm such a huge fan of your work, too. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing people have to say. And then he goes on to sort of like speak in specifics about things that I've done. The curse. And, and like huge fan of the curse. <laughs> Um, and it really is like that shot that they reused over and over and over again where you made where you made the really obvious lame choice. Do you know how much I really love that you good. can joke about the curse? There was, there was a time in Will's life where if you said the curse, he would, you could just see the hairs on the back of his neck go up. Um, uh, but, but then – and he like he was like talking about tabletop and like stuff that he was like, I really love that stuff that you do. And I was like, um – I don't have. I wasn't prepared for this. He's I don't great. have. I don't have conversation ready to go. Nah. Um, so you uh, just threw your sandwiches at him and ran. And ran basically. Yeah. 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 He's uh, Wyatt's fantastic, and he um, uh, he was just sort of processing the idea that you know he was on Marin's show and talked about a fight that he had with John Stewart, and it got picked up by right. blogs because it's uh, you know ever since. Ever since Mark had the president on, I think there, there there are crucial points I think in in your career as a performer where most of the most of your life you just feel like I'm flying under the radar. It doesn't really matter what I say. No one really, you know. And then something happens where it sort of elevates. And so I think once the president was on, it's like the media really started looking at it at that at the show it was like, oh, it breaks news in it. Yeah. And yeah. so this <clears throat> this thing and and. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to stir the pot or, to, you know, or put words in Wyatt's mouth. But his general sense was like, you know, they took this clip. They didn't even listen to the whole conversation. All of the news outlets just took this one clip and spun it however they wanted to kind of spin it. And it didn't, it wasn't like they're cheating the story that happened. And, you know. It's lazy. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's lazy and it fits a narrative that they want to that they want to that they want to push. Here's what's upset. Here's the, one of the things that's sort of bothersome to me is that uh, it's you know you when you you said well I have social justice academy but there are really there are social justice warriors in the world that sort of feel like oh they just want to like destroy things they're angry and they just want to destroy things and it, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel so much about like it's not that you want the world to be a better place you're trying to do something 
that's more from an ego place than a place of like, I want to help the world. Yeah, I think that's more about a person just being <clears throat> being angry about a thing and and uh, and absolutely having the right to feel that way. Um, and but their goal. I've actually are- I've had these conversations with a couple of people uh, where I've said, you know, like I'm on your side, and it would be great if you just stopped kind of losing your shit at me because I'm a white cis guy. Like that doesn't mean that I can't care about the same thing you care about. And then this person was like, "Now you're tone policing me," and I'm like, you know. I don't think you want to reach a point of agreement. I think you want to be right. You want me to be wrong. And there's nothing I can say that's going to make this get to a place where it's okay. So go fuck yourself. Well, I mean, and the the thing is that ultimately, if you do care about it, social justice in the literal sense, I think that your, in my opinion, I think your guiding principle should be – how can we understand each other better? How can we understand this? How well, yeah, can we- and how can we who live on life's lowest difficulty setting um, uh, sort of like flatten the curve for for people who don't? Right. I mean I think that we just have that responsibility and it's a thing that I, tr- I try to – I mean I try my best to do that. Like, you, like aggression right out of the gate <laughs> is not really the best tactic because right. it just creates more aggression. Right. It just creates more aggression in people and it, there's a very it's, – it's a very Newtonian – it just you're going to get the equal and opposite you're going to give him the opposite direction you're going to get it back and rather than i mean if someone says hey i'm really upset because you said this or this happened and i don't understand why i'm much more likely to go either a you know i that was dumb i shouldn't have done that or oh well you know i have a history of this and this is what i meant by this and i yeah. didn't you know as opposed to like fuck you you piece of it and then i'm going to yeah. go well fuck you back in the face yeah. you know fuck you more fuck you like way <laughs> more and so i feel like there's a thing that's happening now which is that um and it, and it used to just be smaller sites but but larger media outlets are clickbaiting now, and and they are manipulating people's emotions. Well, I think everybody's clickbaiting. Of course, I mean, and I and I think that's been going on for a long time. Everybody gives BuzzFeed a hard time for it, but CNN does it on fucking television. Fox News has been doing it since ninety eight. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like that's a thing that everybody did. It, did I, anyone ever stop to go? Oh, you are manipulating people's emotions because you yeah. know they will be pissed about this so that you get traffic. You are – like I would think that the people that were upset would probably not be super cool if they realized like a large corporation is basically just manipulating our emotions yeah. for traffic. I um I interviewed Patton Oswalt for Playboy and we were talking about how what were his turn ons and turn offs <laughs> doesn't like mean people Man, does not turn ons motorcycles I cannot wait to see that spread <laughs> let me tell you I really wanted to be there for the shoot and they wouldn't let me because I was going to quote make it weird <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, but we talked about headlines being written manipulatively and we're you know like Cosby came up. Briefly, um, uh, and and he said so. Uh, Patton said so. I said, you know, like this. We've had at this point. It was you know it was appalling at like eight or nine women that right. that had you know that were all telling the same story. Then you know and all that. And he said so. I said this thing about. I said, look, uh, uh, it's kind of like roaches. Like you see a single roach. Like there's. 50 more in the wall that haven't come out yet. And he said, what do you think the headline was? And I said, oh, it's, it's Patton Oswalt compares rape survivors to, ro- to or rape victims <laughs> to roaches. Right. And he said, that was it. And I said, so where was it? And he said, it was in Salon. 
And Salon's like supposedly like you're on the same side, mm. and and uh, and he said so. And you, then and you, you feel like you mm. mu- you know that they must have known what. Of he course meant. they know. Of course they do. And and it's and but it's that thing where like he uh, and, and he said you know and they don't care. They got the click. That's all they care about. And that actually does a huge disservice to to everyone. And and what I think starts happening is people get like where it's like, well, fuck you. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk to the press because I can't trust you. Look at the way the New York Times just fucked up on the whole Hillary Clinton email thing this last week. I mean, it could not have been more wrong. And basic fact checking, just responsible fact checking, would have prevented all of that, right? But it's like we got to be first, and you know we're just gonna be stenographers for this thing that we heard. So here we go, and and then like it's wrong, but. N- the thing that's wrong has become the narrative. So everything people talk about and every article that's written and every comment on it is responding to the false narrative rather than responding to the the incorrect information. The story should be New York Times fucks up, get story completely wrong. And instead it's, yeah, but what did she really do when the answer is nothing? <clears throat> and that and that was it. I, I just I'm 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 concerned that people don't realize how manipulated they're being by um, by clickbaity people trying to. I mean, it's it's bad because it creates false narratives, like you're saying, yeah. and then the companies responsible don't give a shit because it's like, oh, but you know, like hundred thousand people, uh, you know, liked this on Facebook, or you know, like, yeah. well, fuck, that, that that's such that's so socially irresponsible, and. You know, with the patent thing, I can't believe. Of course, they knew that he was talking about red flags, not people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, um, there was a there was a, a a post on Reddit that was so wonderfully written, but it was a concern that someone had about At Midnight, where she, where she uh, this person said, you know, there have been a lot of Cosby jokes on At Midnight, and I'm kind of getting tired of them. You know, it's sort of like when SNL was doing O.J. Simpson jokes and, you know, uh, and and I I so appreciated the way it was written because it's it said like, hey, you know, I am a fan of the show. I don't understand why this is happening. I, I don't really like it. And yeah. I would love to know. Um, and uh, I have yet. Well, I guess I guess I'm responding now, but I didn't respond in the thread yet because uh, I had to go to a meeting. But what I wanted to say was. Look, comedians decide what they want to say when they come on. We're not an ensemble cast show. It's not yeah. like it's not like we're saying, let's hit Cosby jokes every night. It's just it's in the news a lot and it's the forefront of comedians' minds. And in some cases I think, you know, someone brought up the point, ah, they're probably just trying to make a it's edgy because they're making a joke right. about I want to make a topical reference but to I this think, thing. But I think in, in, in a lot of senses where it comes from, you know, because there are people who are like, oh, well, you're trying to make, you know, you're trying to make rape funny. And it's like, no, it's the guy. It, he needs to be taken down. Yeah. And a comedian can't go punch him in the face. So the only thing that a comic can do is punch him with jokes. Yeah. And it's sort of like when Mel Brooks was in the podcast and he said, you know, one of the purposes of comedy should be to subvert power. Because most people have used Hitler as a punchline in a joke. That doesn't mean that they think genocide is funny. It just means... Fuck, you know, fuck that guy. We have to keep him down and shamed where he belongs so that, A, we never forget. We never, ever forget. And that, B, 
we hopefully don't let it happen again. Like there's a real social purpose behind comedy when it's used when it's used responsibly but you know nowhere have i seen anyone make fun of the victims or make fun of the you know like what was it's this person needs to be brought down because this guy that we thought had affected all this incredible positive social change and 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 broke boundaries in comedy entertainment is literally one of the worst human beings on the planet now yeah so it's uh, – I mean not now, always has been. We just didn't know about it. Yeah. So, you know, like we – I feel like, you know, when comics are doing that, they're they're trying to ridicule this guy to make sure that people don't take him seriously anymore because – And there's a tradition of that in comedy that, that goes back that I like – I am aware of it starting with Lenny Bruce and then really like – the comics that shaped my sense of what comedy is supposed to be were like George Carlin and Bill Hicks. Um, Larry the and, Cable Guy. Um, oh, so Larry the Cable Guy. Sorry, Howie just, Mandel. Just, just, just a uh, yeah. uh, uh, Mencia. Real, <laughs> like those are the guys that really – but the, that sense of like – and Louis Black too. Like you can like basically rage about stuff, but you can be funny when you do it. Yeah. And that's – and it's like intelligent. I mean don't get me wrong. I still love a good fart joke. I did 25. Five minutes all about, <laughs> all about diarrhea it, and it was terrific but i think that's important i think and i think it's one of the great things about just any sort of art form that art can be like you can make it into something and you can use art to do stuff and i think it's one of the reasons that art exists yeah i think it's one of the reasons that we have that's why I like that and it's why i get so just annoyed by by garbage entertainment on television and stuff that just feels like junk food filler to me i'm like oh you're spending money on that garbage when you could be spending money to make something that like you know that's cool that matters that changes things that, that you know like, the garbage you know, doesn't bother me people. because the garbage sort of makes you appreciate the good stuff if every show was breaking bad then no show would be breaking bad yeah hmm huh no uh, no, well, I guess there would just be yeah. a lot of good television. No, then I then mean, no one just... could afford to make Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, are you watching Mr. Robot? I'm not. Uh, I just became aware of Mr. Robot, and I just became aware of humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, Ex Machina yep. and, and was raving about how much but I But Mr. Robot's it. about hackers. Um, uh, but I guess because Ex Machina has a robot in it and Mr. Robot has the name robot in the tile when I was like, Ex Machina is amazing. And all these people were like, you got to watch Mr. Robot. So I haven't, did you watch Halt and Catch Fire? I haven't seen it yet. People go crazy for that but show. I, hear, I, I hear don't people, like oh, it at all. Really? Oh, I've been hearing lately that I, I could not disagree more. I think I tried, quality programming. But wait a minute, but you haven't really? What? Are, what, Halt you, and Talk I don't about Fire. Yeah, 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 are you fall? doing Halt and Talk about Fire? Yeah, I'm doing yeah. Halt. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jonah's joke. That was Jonah's joke. I said it. I said it. I just said it louder. It was Jonah's joke. My, mine was going to be something about are you like it was I was trying to figure out a way that we could make an after show with a bulletin board system name. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I, just, I just couldn't. I'm Chris Hardwick, and welcome to Chat Room. <laughs> halt I am, IRC. I'm yeah, Chris Hardwick. Um, uh, welcome to 10, watch Halt Catching Fire. 20, go to 10. 30, run. <laughs> uh, that would actually have a programming error in it because 30 would never actually, you'd never get to 30 because 20 sends you right back to 10 and 30 never shows up. No, so no, you'd no, actually, no. Put your, it looks like you're putting a microphone on your dick. That's right, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is when I come at the king of the nerds, I don't miss. I flip. <laughs> this proves I'm not the king. 
The king it, would never flip the lines of code. Maybe he would if he wants people to think that he's weak. God damn it. It's, it's a good way to draw out his enemies. Uh, I know what you're doing. You're keeping your enemies closer. I know exactly what you're doing. No, I legitimately fucked that up. You're like, if, if enemy in ten, move enemy with five. Uh, so, this is like so, fucking like James Bond when the villain and James Bond are both at the table, uh, the poker table. And in the most boring Bond yeah, film yeah. ever. <laughs> anyway, I, I wanted to love Halt and Catch Fire. And I watched, I think, the first three episodes. And... And, and I was just like, no, no, I'm out. It's, it's trying so hard, uh, and just and it, and and I didn't care about the characters, and and the references were over referenced, and and I was just like, ugh. But yeah, but people people love it. Yeah. And I I don't know, maybe I'll give it another chance. I'm just so tired of being burned by stuff that I'm like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be great. No, it oh god oh god no, it's not yeah. at all. We do me a favor. Go fuck yourself? No. <laughs> Would you just quickly do an imitation of Tony the Tiger's catchphrase? What? Why? Just do it. I don't... I, I want you to do it. I feel like this is going to be taken out of context. No, nope, it's not at all. That, really? Yeah. I feel like I just... Just do it. I, I want to hear you do it. Why? Because you have a great voice. I just want to hear I it. I don't... I'm really... I should not be doing this, but I'm going to do okay, it. great. Because we've been friends for, as it turns out, 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Careful. Uh, Seems like it's a tiger trap. Shut up. If, uh, <laughs> this feels like it could turn into some sort of serial joke. No. Oh, hey. Yeah, it's a serial yeah, joke. Okay. So what is the, okay. what's the catchphrase? Male Kemp? No, what's the catchphrase again? It's not male Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> that was a serial joke. That was a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Fun with homonyms. Uh, they're great. Great. So, uh, Katie, so you can just edit that in when Will starts talking about Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> yeah, the long yeah. game with yeah. Chris Hardwick. I, I knew it was. I knew it was coming. I knew stood it was fast. You just. I, I knew it you was waited coming. it out. I, was, I, I yeah. admire that. God damn it! Like Still was a bad Tony the Tiger though. I Katie, you, you can you that. can cut that in yeah. when he's talking about how he doesn't care about his beautiful car. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> They're great. So you can They're cut great. that in when we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> When I say something about racists, and then you can just have Will go, they're great. Uh, and then when he's talking about racists, you can cut that in to when he's talking about how the audience didn't like him in Montreal. And then you can uh, <laughs> you can cut Will in saying like, I'm Will Wheaton. God, your impressions of me are my favorite. <laughs> it's the only time in my life I get to actually hear what I sound like when it's not me saying it. <laughs> I'm Will Wheaton. the closest my, I get to having sex my with My face myself. is a Play-Doh Fawn Factory of beards. <laughs> <laughs> and my face is just spitting out a beard. It's more of a mop top hair shop of beards. <laughs> but I call it a beard. <laughs> and then that's kind of dovetailing uh, into Cosby. Yeah, almost no, I was going to say, you, now you can cut that in to yeah. what we're talking about Cosby. You know? And you can cut that in to when Will was talking about how he hates all races and creeds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Oh man, now we have to talk about Rockies. We have a place to cut in that line about you talking about Creed and also 90s music. This is like the end of Bill and Ted's. We, we got to remember to go back in time <laughs> and leave the keys here. Yeah. And then the one where they drop the trash can out of the sky completely baffles me. Like, when did they? Have you ever sat down and tried to make a Bill and Ted time lo- series of timelines the way you do it with Primer? Oh, oh my god! Like, oh man, it's I've run out of paper. Primer is impossible to follow. It's literally. No. I've actually someone one made of, one of the guys started it before you entered the story. Oh yeah, he knew it already worked, so he started it up, and then that's why he's he had been manipulating it the entire time. Oh 
well, now we got to go watch it yeah. again. There's it's a whole, a, there's like there's a whole uh, Roko's Basilisk thing in, in, in Primer that I think has to, that has to like predate the beginning of, of the actual film. You see that guy's other movie? Um, Upstream Color? No. Ooh, is boy. it good? It's, well, is this uh, Nacho Vigalando? No, Nacho Vigalando is Time Crimes and oh, Open time, Windows. Oh, Crime Times. Um, time crimes. Um, what's the name? Shane Gruth. Shane Gruth, yeah. It's uh, it's one. It's like a. It's very uh, David Lynch. Okay, or, uh, I'm still on board. And it's just like tonally. You sure you don't mean Cronenberg? Yeah. <laughs> I was on I was on my friend's podcast earlier, and I was saying something about like deprivation tanks, and I'm like, it's like Videodrome, and then like an hour later, an one guy states. was like, "You mean altered states?" Yeah. I was like, "Well, go fuck me, <laughs> go fuck myself." Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you may really... be finding yourself slipping out of a hallucinatory state. <laughs> Soon pass. It's a. Uh, it's really. It's like a really interesting, really like crazy movie that just makes you feel weird, and you'll really understand what's going on but it's really not sci-fi not you know it's uh, it's just this weird thing i love that it but sounds it's great beautiful and it's uh and it's the whole thing is kind of like a montage almost it's like the way it just skips forward without like telling you anything do you want can i tell you about beautiful i'm gonna tell you about beautiful beautiful was moderating the con man panel at comic-con and at the end Having the entire oh. entirety of Hall H sing "Stand by Me" at uh, will—that yeah. was beautiful. A song that I will should not previously, have. I sh- you could never sing it near him. He would no, go, no, you st- no, no, you still can't. You still can't. I still don't like it. But doing it there, like, um, I, I don't, I, I don't feel, I don't feel awesome very often <laughs> um and you made me feel awesome for a, for for a minute there no no it was no it was really i'm not fishing for that i'm just saying like i generally i'm and just like not. i'm just like thank you i know <laughs> you know generally i'm just like yeah you know i'm i'm doing my best not to suck and and not always succeeding but that's okay i'll try harder next time Boy, you know and what then, I, that's so crazy it's so crazy how weird about yourself you are and it makes so many things make sense to me in context now when we were young when we were teenagers and we used to go to disneyland all the time people would come up to will constantly and be like can i take a picture and be like fine and he was really cranky about it. i'm like what's the deal like why are you so and it's because you don't feel comfortable with people giving you don't feel comfortable with people giving you compliments you don't you because you don't like yourself for some reason. When I was younger, I didn't realize that someone doing that isn't about me; it's about them. And the real kindness is to say uh, thank you when someone's like, "I loved you in a thing," right? Like the you don't want to say, "Here's all the reasons you're wrong for liking that thing." What you want to say is, "Thank you for liking that thing." I'm Which because that's I'm a very selfish you approach. You're basically going, like, yeah. "You're dumb and you have bad taste." Exactly. Do you have that problem in relationships too? I had that problem in everything. Yeah. Um, just a lack of self-esteem and a lack of confidence and, and just not really knowing who I was. And I felt like that like well into my 20s mm-hmm. and just like not not knowing and, and being weird. And also having this like constant feeling of, of uh, uh, like I'm the only one who's not in on the joke. Right. You know, like no That's one. That's how I feel re- no, about Drake. No one. <laughs> no, Drake's just not good. You're not. No, I'm there. Let's not be in on that joke together. Yeah, good, great. Um, but but th- th- there was that, that sense of like, I don't deserve this. I don't, you know, it's... Uh, when something happens that I'm in that's good, I just got lucky. It was a fluke. I didn't earn it because most of the time when I really wanted something and I worked really hard for it, whatever it was, I never got it. 
I mean, to this day, I turn 43 tomorrow. I oh, go but tomorrow's on a, the 29th. I, yeah. Hey. I go, yeah. It's weird. 30 years ago today, we were filming Stand By Me. Oh, crazy. <gasps> 30 years ago, we were in Oregon shooting Stand By Me. Don't do it. Um, uh, but but um, uh, to this day, I, I don't book auditions. I never book auditions. The only thing I've auditioned for in literally years that I've booked was when I auditioned for the Firefly online game. And I didn't even know I was auditioning. Andrea Romano was like, would you just send us a, a voice – like, just send us a sample of these lines so I can just let the producers know what you sound like. Hello, I'm Malcolm Reynolds. And, <laughs> and then I was uh, – and then I found out at Comic-Con that I actually auditioned against really good people. But there's this thing where, like, I go in an audition and I always make it to the last three. Sometimes I make it to the last two every single time and I never get the job, ever. And it's become this thing that's like – I mean, I'll still kind of go, but I've kind of lost the passion for it because what's the point? Uh, like, I would rather just not – like, I'm, nobody remembers who finished second, especially when the person who finished second doesn't get in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The emotional um, roller coaster of, like – It's just like it's just like, not oh, enough. You know, it's close. like it doesn't I, matter. Can I tell you, I had that for years and years and years and years and years and years, and it was a long-running joke with my manager of, like, well, I'm going to get down to the last two, and then they're going to offer it to Joe Rogan. You know, it was yeah. like a lot of hosting jobs. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, – and and then I just stopped auditioning for stuff because it wasn't yeah. fun anymore. And I'm like, I don't. This isn't fun. And I just went and made a thing myself. Which well, was, that's basically what I did. That's exactly <laughs> which was exactly which was largely inspired by you. So really, of course, because you you had already gone off to. I, I saw you go off and start making your own thing and like you know. Well, long before, like even in, even in the '90s, like when you just went to Kansas to work with the Video Toaster Company, but but even in 2000, where you're like, I'm gonna blog. Like you just started making your own thing and you built your own audience, and I'm like, that's that's really cool. That's weird because I feel like we kind of do the same thing, but you do it so much better than I do, and you do it so much more successfully than no, I do. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I think uh, <laughs> you know, to be completely honest, I I kind of feel like the I sort of feel like the artificial version of you. I feel that's like that's hilarious because I feel like I you're feel, the because I feel someone said I'm the B side of Chris Hardwick, and I'm like I totally am, <laughs> and I don't have a problem with that. I don't think it's bad. I think it's yeah. great. No, but I think you know, <laughs> like when, when, when people when people come at me with like the people tell me I'm not the real. I'm, you're not a real comic. You're not a real nerd. You're well, not they're wrong. Not this. And so with the not a real nerd stuff, I go, you know. If you asked Will, we've been friends since we were kids, and you you would see that uh, that I'm I am what about the things that I say that, that I like, but I also feel like compared to you, I feel artificial. I feel like an artificial nerd compared to you because you really you do go. Maybe that's because you're comfortable with people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because you know how to human. Like, like, you know how to, maybe that's why. I mean, teach maybe me like maybe, human. maybe teach that's me, maybe that's the human. difference. You know what's interesting is that. That podcasting actually helped me a lot with social anxiety. Really? Of course, because, you know, for 700 and some episodes, almost 1,000 hours probably, I've had to sit down and talk to people and keep a conversation in the air for over an hour. That's true. Most – and now in the last few years, mostly with people I don't know. Yeah. And I felt like – 
it that was useful when you know the brief period of time where I was dating or like just being at parties and not and being like you and not being comfortable in large public situations. I just sort of can shut down and I feel yeah. like weird and lonely and isolated. And but 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 this practice of sitting down and talking to people. I kind of have that as a mode where I can just sort of go in and talk to them now and I feel a lot more comfortable where I never – I didn't really – I mean I'm comfortable in groups. Like yeah. If, I'm com- if I have a group of people and I can sort of – but just like – what it's like you, you know, where I'm like, oh, I don't feel weird and I don't know. For the longest time and to go back to like when we were kids going to Disneyland, what really – what was what was so hard for me is that I felt like a lot of the people that would come up to talk to me when we were doing stuff – never like if we were just people at a place would never have wanted to talk to me there was nothing about me that would have made people want to talk to me and that the only reason anybody cared at all was because I had been on TV or I had been in a movie and I always felt like that's not about me that's about a thing that I did like that's not about me that's about the perception that I'm famous and I felt like it was just fake and when people ask me this comes up all not as much now because I've been married for almost 20 years but when I was younger it would be like so um I, I bet you fucked a lot of ladies when you were famous on the TVs and stuff and I'm like that no no, actually, the, uh, the number of, of that is, is zero because I probably, like, could have used the perception of fame to, like, get into bed with somebody, but I didn't want that because that wasn't me. That wasn't a thing that I chose, right? Like, I didn't want to be in those stupid teen magazines, and I didn't want to be a person people recognized on the street and stuff. I just wanted to be, like, I wanted to be an actor, and I wanted to like tell the story, and I want like I liked that. I liked. I mean, the maybe make some believe people come stuff. up. Maybe some and people. And I never felt like it was. And and I mean, it may not have been about. It may not. Have, but that was my perception at sure. like you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I think in a lot old. of cases, it's. I mean, in in in, in, in some senses, I feel I feel like now with self selfie culture, that we're. We, at a certain point, we're just sort of Pokemon characters. <laughs> Where it's like, I gotta catch him. Have to use a master ball to catch Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> Wheaton sword. But uh, a wild but, Will Wheaton appeared. But I also feel like, um, but in a lot of senses, yes, technically it's something that you did. But that something that you did came from a part of you, and ultimately, it's about how you make people feel. Right. I didn't get that back then. I get that now. I mean, now when someone's like, "Hey, I really liked." tabletop or I like Titan's Grave or you know you wrote about a thing and I, I liked it or I listened to your podcast but then I feel like cool that's a thing I made like I went yes I'm going to do this you know I'm going to work hard to create this thing and work with people to help it become a thing when I was younger it was basically my parents saying like you're going to go do this right and it wasn't my choice and it's not what I wanted and it just felt fake Right. And 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 I knew that it wouldn't. I knew that it couldn't possibly last forever. I think you're one of the most authentic people I know because you stand up for what you believe in, and you never waver. Uh, and you, you know, you stick up for people when it would be easier sometimes for people in your position to not do that. And you're. You 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 are who you are. Like it doesn't. You're not affected by anything else. It's just like you know. This is who I am, and this is what I believe in, and these are the causes that I care about, and this is the stuff that I like. And if you don't if you don't agree with that, then good day. You know, like it's and it's less good day and more go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> good day while I would. Fucking yourself. I would. 
I, I, I thank you. I mean, that's the only way I know how to be. Um, I spent a long time trying to be someone different. It's so weird, man. I've, I've been playing pinball arcade on Steam, which is really fun. But I've been playing these pinball games that I played when I worked for New Tech in, in Kansas. And I was trying so hard to be somebody I wasn't then. Like I was just trying so hard to like be cool and be edgy and be like a punk and all that stuff and, and like not be Wesley Crusher and all that stuff. And I basically – the end result of that was I was just kind of a douchebag. And I think that being a douchebag is – it's a class feature. It's like it's part of that level that everybody has to go through. Sometimes you're lucky and you dodge it. But I think everybody's a douchebag at some point in their life and it's just part of it's, – it's part of figuring out like, ew, I don't like being this. You know, and like, getting, and like getting out of it. But so I've been playing a lot of these pinball games that I played back then. And I have been remembering that time. And I really want to write about it or do like a Radio Free Burrito about it. Just about that time of trying so hard to be something that I wasn't instead of just embracing and being comfortable with the thing that I am. And it took that to make me just comfortable with and accepting of like kind of – what's important to me and what my personality so is. So you went into a douche cocoon. Stuff. And you I basically did and I, and I and I emerged as a social justice butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but you know what? And it's really, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really kind of you to say, to, to, to say that. Um, and, and that, I mean, like that, that means a lot to me. Um, um, and uh, knowing all of that, I would still really love to, read an amazing script, audition for it, and book the fucking job. And it just never happens. So all of that other stuff it, is... It is, hasn't... How about this? It hasn't happened yet. I guess. Yet. I yet. Turn, yet. Yeah, I know. But, but, also, I, but I turn 43 tomorrow. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll live for 50 more years. Like just, Ed Harris didn't really start gigging it real hard until he was in his 50s. I mean, you, you have to... I've got to wait seven years? <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but the past does not equal the future unless you. Yeah, I know that. You also have to be, you also have to be careful that you don't, that you're not so much in this mental pattern that you don't recognize the shit when it starts happening. When you're like, yeah, but still. Like, so many people just get into this kind of, yeah, but still. Yeah, but you have this and that. Yeah, but still. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't live there at all. You know, I mean, like, I am super, super cognizant. And we've talked about it on the podcast before, like, just how grateful I am for just the things that I get to do and, and the stuff that I get to make. And then I make a really great, really comfortable living. And as long as I'm not just, like, a giant fucking idiot, I, I, I should be basically okay for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a remarkable way to feel oh. at what feels like, I mean, I just said I'm turning 43 and that feels old, but I still feel like I'm really young. Um, you know, and I've got, and I've got, ah, oh, go fuck Sorry. yourself. Go fuck <laughs> <laughs> I realize I wouldn't got, get a laugh from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm a year older still. And I've got, you know, so I mean, I have, I have two, I have two, ki- yeah. I have two kids who are adults on their own, but now is a shitty fucking time to be in your early 20s and, and it's hard to get work and all that stuff and I can help give them a little bit of a leg up and all that stuff. Um, uh, so I'm aware of all of that, I'm, and I don't take any of it for granted, and I don't like – I know there's – it's so easy to just look at all the things you have and focus on the one thing or two things that you don't, and that's just no way to live. Um, uh, and, and I don't know if I even really want to be on camera anymore, you know, but um, it is – it would feel really good. It's on my list. I would like to 
work hard for a job and earn that job in the room. I've earned a lot of jobs through the body of work that I have. And that's really great. I mean, that's really cool, you know. But I would still really love to go in, directly compete for a role with other actors. You know, I walk into these rooms and I'm like, um, this, is not, this is not happening. Because I just see these amazing people around me, right? I would love just once to go in and, uh, and, 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 and do, do the work and book the job because I earned it that way. You know what's really funny listening to you is that you've accomplished so much more than that because you basically, you know, these people who might go in and book these jobs, like when you look at everything that you've accomplished in your life and the people that you brought together and the change that you've affected and all the, the things, you know, like all of the positivity for nerd and geek culture and everything, it's so much more. I mean, it's basically like if – if you were the president and going, I really just want to be student of the day at Westfield <laughs> Elementary School. Why can't I just be student? But you got to your president. I, I but know, I'm but I, but I want, I really want that bumper sticker for my car. I mean, <laughs> you, you have, a, you have done so much more. Like, yeah, I know. And in the position you were in, you could have ended up just being a bitter, shitty I, adult. Who I know. Had, who was a famous kid actor, and you carved out this whole wonderful you know like you know like yeah i'm aware of it i am aware of that all the time and that's the thing i feel really good about and i think it's a thing that that we both did like we both had moments in our life where we were like this is unsustainable well because this is going the wrong way because it's it's, time to turn this around it's not even it's not even (laughs) just just going through the douche cocoon phase but it's also you know when the rest of the entertainment business is like that'll be enough and you know (laughs) And, uh, and uh, we're like, please uh, leave. Uh, if you no. can, uh, there's the door. And so we that's just, how they talk to you, by the way. Yeah, I know. I've heard it. We just went and we just went and made our own thing. I'm you know, start and, my own with and so, my own with hookers and blackjack. So when I see, yeah. so when I see people, you know, I see people like, oh, you know, guys like Harvick and Wheaton just jumped on the bandwagon and nerd car. It's like I think we. Helped bring in girders. I'm like, fuck you! I built the bandwagon. <laughs> when, someone, when someone when someone's like, oh, you're a bandwagon Kings fan. I'm like, you fucking dick! I've been on that bandwagon since 1983. I am the bandwagon. <laughs> you are the danger. I, I am the I am I the one who the knocks and delivers your season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know. But I think um, I think. I think you come off more authentically than I come off. I think I have a bit of a – I think I have something about myself that's a little douchey in my DNA. And, and when people – you, Chris. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, dog. That's tight, dog. That's tight no. right there. Yeah, no. you were confronted and you no. said, no, dog. No. I you got to you... smack a bitch down. <laughs> I wish Jonah Rabin smacked down. <laughs> I, wish, I wish people listening to this could have seen the amazing slow-mo fist bump that just happened. <laughs> it was so great. That fist bump was so slow-mo and perfect, it was Sandler-esque. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, think, um, I think part of what people read with me is that, you know, when I was growing up, my family moved a lot. Yeah. And so I was constantly having to... You kind fit, of have to reinvent in. yourself and fit in everywhere. But uh, the thing that I always fell back on was all of the things that I ended up, you know, it was like, 
I would try to talk about sports with other kids or try that, but then I always just fell back on computers and D and D and stand up and yeah. comic, you know, and 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 um, and uh, comedy and 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 so it. Um, but I think there's a little something about me where you can sort of my feel a little bit of my um, uh, just that lingering sense of wanting to be liked. Do you know what I mean? Of just like wanting to fit yeah, in I and mean, wanting I, to be I, liked. I, I, and I, I think I that's guess. what people I mean, read, you know, and are like, oh, that guy's kind of dude. I think they're feeling like I I feel I feel like that's some of my desperation coming through because I was never liked. Like I I you know, like I, growing up, I you and it's funny that you and I were uh sort of ostracized for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but the net result was the same, and seeing how we both kind of dealt with it was interesting. Where I just went hard at like trying to figure out, like I gotta figure out how to fucking and you and you recede, like you disappeared for a while. Yeah. Well, I had to go to Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in. Don't go. Don't go in the tree, man. It's bad shit in the tree. The time, like a giant I uh, uh, you know in in um. My favorite piece in Almost Famous is when uh, uh, he's talking to Lester Bangs. And Lester Bangs goes, oh, no, they made you feel cool, and you are not cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I relate to that so much. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I, I be honest with you about something? Have you not seen Almost Famous? I've actually not seen Almost Famous. Oh, can I recommend watching the director's cut version? But it's it's crazy to me that I haven't seen that movie. I think it's one of those things that... When it came out, I didn't make it to the theater for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it was just people like, oh, yeah, of course, Almost Famous. And I think there was a period of time where I was convinced that I had seen Almost Famous. Because it's because it, it was because so much so a part of our culture. In culture. Yeah, and um, now I've just realized uh, I've actually I, I not will, seen it. I will admit that um, uh, until five nights ago, I had never seen one minute of Community. Confessions. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, uh, I watched the pilot for Community, and it made me laugh so hard, and I loved it so much yeah, that, that I, I think I'm going to go and watch all of it. Confession. <laughs> uh, Is there a popular thing that that you haven't seen that people would have expected you to for see? For ninety nine cents a minute, or, uh, you can listen to people that you know yeah, about yeah, talking actually, I was about. Just thinking about this today. Apocalypse Now. You never saw Apocalypse Now? Really? Yeah, one of those things where I know everything about it, but I don't know how it happened. I. It's funny because watch Deanna, Apocalypse Now and then watch the stop motion A Pack of Gifts Now. Yeah, yeah. Gifs. No, I no, gifts. Gifs. Gifs. A pack of gifs. Um, a pack of gifs. Now, but it's pack. funny because like uh, Deanna and I just found this awesome uh, video rental place in South Pasadena called Videotech, and it's like you know kind of like cinephile one of those places where it's like kind of divvied up through director and actor and stuff like that. Like they rent uh, actual videotapes. Uh, well, no, it's a DVD place, but it's uh, like really like well thought out. It's an amazing. So it's like a curated kind of place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, but that like, sounds great. It's awesome. Uh, it's because it has a ton like you know. It has a like a big like uh like underground uh like movie air section. Yeah. It has like a good queer cinema section. It has like you know just like you you can go. And you're like oh I'll go to the Nick Cage section or I'll go to the Cassavetes section. Do they have like a like a seventies exploitation? They do. Kind of, uh, yeah. I love those. And so movies it's like so it's much. really well curated, like real cool. You know, uh, right when we walk in, they started watching World's End. 
Uh, <laughs> like, you know, just and the guys were like quoting lines from it while watching yeah. it. But uh, we, uh, we uh, like, Deanna knows so much more about that stuff. So when we were there, she's like, uh, she made some reference to Night of the Hunter, and I was like, oh, I've never seen it. And she's like, you've never <gasps> oh, seen Night of the Hunter. And then she like said like that's where the love hate on the hands come. And then she like went down all the things. And then like I'm watching this movie, and it's incredible. Um, and you're just realizing have, how influential it was like, yeah, in your yeah, life, yeah, yeah. and you didn't realize um, it. We I'd never seen the Magnificent Seven, and I watched Magnificent Seven on Saturday night with uh, uh, both of my kids and Ryan's girlfriend Claudette came over, and I was like, they were like, "What are you doing?" And so Anne went to Palm Springs with Chobot and Hayslip and uh, Jenna Bush and and um, Ashley Escada and Michelle. I can't remember her last name. Morrow so met her. Michelle Morrow. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, I do know Michelle. Yeah. So she went with. They all went to Palm Springs for Chobot's birthday. And uh, and so I was like home alone for the weekend, and I was like, "Fucking dude, movies! That's what's <laughs> happening." So my son was like, "What are you doing this weekend?" And I said, "I'm just watching, basically watching westerns and '70s cop films. Come over Rad. if you want." <laughs> That's <laughs> and, awesome. And uh, and and so we were watching Magnificent Seven, and Robert Mitchum, who's in uh, Night of the Hunter, yeah. is is such a different character in uh, uh, in in Magnificent Seven, but. I imagine that he's the same character from Night of the Hunter, but in Magnificent Seven. And that's how, so that I, I, in my mind, I decided like, you know, the timelines don't work out, you know, but I decided that, that this guy from, from Night of the Hunter becomes this guy in Magnificent Seven in a way to sort of like atone for the action of Night of the Hunter. I, 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 I would, if you had to choose between Apocalypse Now and Night of the Hunter, I would tell you to watch Night of the Hunter. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, it's amazing. But you can watch Apocalypse Now. And if you do watch Apocalypse Now, watch the documentary that Coppola's wife made. Yeah. um, uh, it's called Hearts, Hearts of Darkness. Hearts of Darkness. Yeah. yeah. It's no, I, really, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's There's just these gaps and, you know... Uh, Japs. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait, never mind. No. That did not come out right wow. at all. I was just doing wow. the soft yeah, yeah. G If you could gap, please, Katie, if you could God. just cut no. that into when we're talking no, Katie, about being don't you racist. Dare. Um, I mean, it would be, it's really important that you cut that into I when didn't... we're talking about Chris No, 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 we can save this. Say it again. Gaps. No, say it again. Again. No, say it. I was gonna say you're gonna say I was gonna. They're great. Oh, okay. <laughs> say it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> he almost did it. I saw the thinking happen. He's like, no, no. You're smarter than me. I said it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I I, I, I I tried to tweet at uh, uh Tom Hanks uh, the other day. Um, yeah, he still hasn't responded. But I Taylor really... Swift hasn't responded, and I tweet to her yeah, six yeah, times yeah. a day. I wanted. I really want to. Uh, I want to get his permission because I want to make a uh, sequel. Oh, a sequel to <laughs> that thing you do about an ill-fated '80s reunion of the Wonders called "That Thing You Did." Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. It really needs to happen. I want to be the Marty DeBerge in this. It really uh, needs. That's to a really. That is a great idea. Yeah, I shouldn't I, have set it out to uh, where thousands great. of people. Um, what if um, Igea? <laughs> if uh, uh, here, this is. A, I'm gonna pitch. Let me pitch this. All right, don't make the movie. Make the trailer for the movie, and we make it as a nerdist film. Yep. Wow. We have the studio. We have the productions uh, and all that, and. I have the beard to be one of the guys who's really just let himself go. <laughs> oh my god, that's such a great idea. We have we we should we should do that. But like, I'm sure that that using the combined powers of of ourselves and the people we know, we could even get some somebody or some buddies. I bet from Ethan it. Embry would do it. And actually, he looks like a guy that went to war and got fucked up from it. 
Because if you see Ethan every now, he's like ripped and covered in tattoos. I really think that like that's really funny. And now yeah. if we don't do it, somebody's going to do it. I know. So now we kind of have to do it. Yeah. We, we, I Get think we Playtone should, on I think the phone. We just try to assemble all of the cast. It'd be pretty great. You could play the Mario DeBerge type. That would be great. Like the, like you know, uh, Rob Reiner and yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and uh, like, tap. It's like you're the guy that's like <laughs> the super fan. And that you're just trying so hard to make a reunion work, and they none of them like each other, and like stuff flares up between like uh, Johnny and uh, Shades because of uh, Faye. And oh my God. come on! And also uh, Steve Zahn's character just obese, yeah, just like a huge fat guy. And some there. somebody somebody has uh, somebody refuses to show up, but their kid shows up to play the ah, instrument. that would work, right? And the drummer, and the, kid, and the kids, and the kids played by Jason Bonham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta, we have to wrap it up because I have to go to work. You have to go make your television show at midnight. I gotta go make my program at Girl, midnight. I'm coming, to, I'm coming to do that at midnight next month. I know you and uh, Felicia and uh, who's the who's. Uh, I've heard different things. Uh, I was talking with with Bart about it, and um, I was pushing for Grace, but mm-hmm. I don't know if Grace is available. It might be Alan Tudyk. Oh, that'd be oh, wow. great. Yeah. Um, Tudyk was so. great. And also, I just want to throw out, because I know they listen to the podcast, but a huge congratulations to Billy and Barry. Uh, so much. We, uh, that was one of the coolest things I've so ever witnessed. This, this Con Man panel was really fun, because it was the first web series in Hall H. And it was Fillion and Tudyk, Alan Tudyk, who wrote uh, and directed Con Man, and they raised million, $3 million. Three, $3.4 million dollars yeah. of the Indiegogo. And uh, and it, and it looks but, fucking great. It looks so good. Yeah. And the the effects were and so there were just a lot of like really magical fun moments in the panel because and every single person on the stage was like, I can't believe I'm here. I don't know oh, why I'm wow. here. I don't deserve to be here with these people. Because like, literally every everyone's friends, yeah. and it's sort of like a greatest hits of fan favorites. And yeah, it, the, the 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 series is full of those. And uh, and and this guy uh, Billy did the uh, he did the visual effects. He did the visual effects, and they look fucking great because the whole idea is that it's a firefly type show that he is now doing the comic-con circuit off of oh, and wow. so they cut back and forth to the show oh that's so and fun. it and, looks and fucking it's, it's really great. amazing and his boyfriend barry was did all the makeup oh they shit. have like a visual makeup effect studio so what billy yeah. didn't know is that barry wanted to propose to him during oh. the panel and so they at the end of the panel, we had gone through everyone. And it's like, oh, we have, you know, like uh, 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 Barry has uh, one more question. Like, well, you we should talk to the. To Barry. And so Barry like brings Billy out and in front, in front of Hall H because now they can. Oh, ask him. And then because we had done the the stand by me thing, the sound guy at Hall H jumped right on it. And as soon as Billy said yes, they started playing Stand by Me oh, in Hall H. Man, what a it was one of the moment. best fucking it moments. Great. It was so such bad. a great moment. It, there, the, it was the I was the distance of a table from them, and like I'm trying really hard not to cry. I imagine Felicia, everyone must have been falling. Felicia is weeping, and the thing that's cool is is uh, 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 it was it was I think it was Barry said we could get. We could get married in California, but now we can get married at home. Oh, God, and, we, and I was man, just like, beautiful. "Oh my God, this is yeah, there, amazing!" There, there's, a, there's a picture somewhere where you're kind of in the background, in between the two of them, sitting up front, and you're making this face, <laughs> like this, like you're about to just like ugly sobbing. Yes, <laughs> that's really beautiful. Yeah, so congratulations, that was to great. Billy and Barry yeah, and that was it. Was really cool to get to be to have a front row seat for and, that. And if anything, you know. You, this thing that you want of going into a room and booking a job, you'll get, you'll get, it, you'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen a hundred percent. But, but you have to know 
how much of an example you are to people, especially now talking about uh, anxiety and depression and and different and and the sort of mental struggles that we all have. Just how inspirational you are to people for just being you, and not only, but and also in the larger meta sense of not just telling how people how to deal with stuff, but how being themselves is the right thing to do. Like being yourself is the right path, and seeing all of those friends up there in the con man panel. And saying to people like, "Yeah, this you, this could be you. You could be working a thing with a bunch of your friends, yeah. and just because for the love of doing it, and that's that's the most important thing. Like success is, I think the definition of success for me has changed so dramatically. Where I used to think it was about accomplishments or how much you could do it or once or you know, but it really is. You ask yourself, am I doing what I like to do? Do I have to do anything I don't want to do? And if you don't really, you know, like the most success you can achieve is I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Yeah. I just do stuff that makes me happy. And that's, you know, and I think and that, that is so fucking hard to do. That is so crea- much creative, more. That is yeah. so much more uh, industry. You know, that is so much more valuable than, oh, some governing entertainment body said I was good enough to play this part. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just that's so not about who you are or you and it doesn't like and you'll get it and it'll it'll sort of be like, oh, OK, oh, great. You know, and then you can check that box off and then but then you'll go back to your life of, of being authentically one of the best people I know and inspiring people. That's really sweet. Thanks, it's you. true. Take a compliment. Oh, you son of a- thanks. Thanks for having me on, I love on you the show. To again. Death. I love you so much. And I'm so glad that I- uh that we are uh, still getting to do the silly things that we get to do. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this makes me the most frequent guest on Nerdist. I think it might actually. I think it, I think it when might. When you count up because you were on the Wilco episode and you yeah. were on a. Yeah. I yeah. mean, just Wilco. We got to sit in the Wiltern and watch Wilco sa- basically play a private concert for us. Nice. I remember when you first told me about Wilco yeah. and what a big deal it was. And see, Boy, that ruined concerts for me. I'm yeah. like, nah, hang on. Do I get to they see all these other assholes do in? I, do I get to see this concert yeah. all by myself? Because <laughs> if they're letting other people in, I don't yeah. have time there for that. There was one moment <laughs> at the Nerdist Geek and Sundry Smart Girls party where you and I and Felicia had sort of found each other and all yeah. the massive people. And we were standing there like, this is really fucking great. Like, we were looking around. We were yeah. at Comic-Con, our safe zone. The party was was lousy with our friends, like people, like littered with people that we love and looking around. I was like... This is what it's all about. This is what it's supposed to be about. That party's why I had more fun at Comic-Con than I thought I would. Being able to stand at sort of the entrance to the party there and getting to see everyone I like come in. And even That's though, right. it, was That's just, we even together, though it was yeah. just for like a few minutes of getting to say like, oh, Mike, I haven't seen D in fucking yeah. a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And so just like just getting to see over and over and over again, wave after wave of people I love and people I care about all in one place. And I was like, you know, this makes coming to Comic-Con worth and like it makes Comic-Con. Comic-Con worth Comic-Con because like that got to happen and that got to happen because of this thing we built. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of incredible. And, and if- really where Geek and Sundry is right now, we're really, we're really fortunate that you were doing Nerdist the same time we were doing Geek and Sundry because like it, like we've have clearly established that we can do this thing as a team yeah. because we both have different, you know, it's like, I mean, I really do. I will. I will readily admit. You know, if you, uh, if you and I, I, you know, if we're if we're opposite sides of the coin, but I still feel like it's the same coin. Yeah. I feel like 
if anything, I might be slightly more commercial than you, which actually makes me less cool. Like, I think you're cool. I think you're so much cooler. I'm not cool. You are so much cool. And that's why you're cool. I'm so not cool. You are. You know why? Because, I'll tell you exactly why you are. Because cool isn't about, like, hey, I got this shit. Figure it out. It's being authentic to who you are. Being cool is being comfortable with your flaws. Being cool is, is, is you know, it's just being yourself and going, hey, yeah, I'm imperfect and this is who I am and that's fucking a deal. That's it. You know, yeah. like that's that's I, cool. And I cigarettes think we, and sunglasses. I think we get, I think, <laughs> I think oh, and Camaros. Yeah. <laughs> and Camaras. Yeah. Camaros think, and Camaras. I think we can both agree that Jonah's cooler than we are. Uh, I don't know if we can absolutely uh, no, agree we can't on agree that. On that. I, mean, I don't know. If we went to Amoeba right now. He's wearing red and socks. There were, and there were cool people mic- around. Do you match your microphone? I've got ro- and I've got, of course, I have fucking aliens and robots on my yeah. socks. And, and I, you're not wearing socks? Oh. I'm, yeah. wearing, I'm wearing half socks because I, I went yeah. to the exercise facility. Oh, I like exercise. But if we did go to Amoeba right now, I would just uh, say hi to all the people I used to work with there. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be cool. No, no. No one's cool there. Uh-oh. Hey, guys. It's your favorite buddy, Jonah. Yeah. Please, we're working. Come last last really? time I was there, I was talking to the Security. guy who worked with that, both Amoeba and, and Arclight, and he was like, you still doing the comedy thing? And I, <laughs> I had to like stifle a bunch of like pride, which I rarely ever have. And I was like, yeah, still tinkering away. <laughs> <laughs> doing my best. Yeah. TV show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like, you can't say that. Well, I got the TV show now, so yeah, it's doing okay. <laughs> Try my best not to sound like a dick. Well, uh, that's it. Oh, did you want to promote something while you were here? Um, when's this going to be on the, the internet? Coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. This is a wow. fast turnaround. You've got your work cut out for you. I'm at Gen Con this weekend. Gen Con. Um, in Indianapolis. And we have a panel for my show, Titan's Grave, on Saturday uh, morning that I'm super excited about. Titan's Drake? Um, <laughs> Titan's Drake is the, is, the, is the sequel. <laughs> Uh, no, it's Gen Con. Gen Con? Nope, Gen Con. It's Gen pre- Con. Nope, it's Gen Con. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Gen Con. I know you're... And, and it's... Yeah. I mean, this is one that you're going to lose legitimately, not just because <laughs> I wear you down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to lose this one on the facts, just not on my persistence. You get Xers. <laughs> nope, it's Gen Xers. Mm. Yep, it's true. Yeah. It's like that show Generator Rex. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're doing that. And then Titan's Grave, we're in the last three episodes. Today, which is yesterday when you're listening to this, episode eight came out. Next week is episode nine. And then the following week is our our uh, extra long season finale. Fantastic. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I've, I have that weird mixed feeling where I'm so proud and so excited of having finished a thing and so sad that it's over and uh, so terrified about... Um, uh, trying to do more of it maybe in the future. <laughs> hey, yeah. man, but it's on right now, so, you know, yeah. enjoy so your that's, burrito. So that's, that's <laughs> enjoy your radio-free burrito. I will enjoy it. And I'm making radio-free burritos all the time now. Good. I'm making them almost every day. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, I think that's it. I don't really have anything else exciting happening. Just be careful that you don't cling on to your anxiety as a safety blanket. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And believe me, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I know, I know that. You don't need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I no, think... I understand that. What I've gotten really good at recently is recognizing useful, helpful anxiety that focuses me for work and the terrible, crippling kind that's just me worrying about shit that I can't. Well, do sometimes, about. sometimes it sort of, it's sort of, it's easy to drift a little bit into a little bit of OCD with your anxiety, where it's like, oh, this is a pattern that I have to. 
yeah, I have to be not, anxious yeah, so that it's it's not that at all. It's okay, actually good. it's actually a thing that I have to take medication for so that I can exist when it gets real bad. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, it's time for you to settle the fuck down now, anxiety. Yeah. Um, but thank you for that. That is a thing that I actually point out to people a lot. Like it's very easy to think like it's part of my process and it right. doesn't it just doesn't have to be. No. Yeah. And I'm taking all of August off just to be a writer and do At Midnight. That's At Midnight is my only like gig. In, oh, that's in fantastic. August. I'm really excited. I'm so excited to have you on in August to At yeah. Midnight. <laughs> Did you say mm. At Midnight? McNugget. At, at, at McNugget? At McNugget. Last night, Dron Oliver put up a picture of McNuggets on the, on the TV. <laughs> He called them tiny chicken mistakes. God damn it. Tiny. And I was like, did he just say tiny chicken mistakes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Can I say the words? I want to say it. I feel like you have to. I want to say it. Enjoy your burrito. I can clap longer than you. Are you trying to clap longer than me? Oh, shit. Oh, no. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.